Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Your hour, 602-508-0960. That's Harry Wayne Casey, if anyone was wondering whose version that is. He is the uh, lead singer and founder of Casey and the Sunshine Band. I was at an event once where he played that many years before he recorded it. And I just thought it was really great. And I, you know, <laughs> I like the shtick of Casey and the Sunshine Band. And it's a beautiful version. We have others. We have Johnny Cash. We have Frank Sinatra. We'll give that song its due, of course. Chad is in Phoenix. Hi, Chad. Hey, Seth. How are you? I'm well, sir. How are you? Oh, well, I'm like a lot of guys right now. I'm really frustrated and, and kind of confused about what's going on. And, we, and, it's uh, a funny thing. We changed from a month ago when when the answer used to be, I'm fine, my country's not. <laughs> now we're not well, sure we're fine, right? Well, yeah, I think that's all part of it. But, but Seth, so, I mean, that was Andrew McCarthy you had on earlier, right? Correct. Well, so I was listening to Hugh this morning. And I, I don't think Trump is going to stop fighting, but from what I gather, from, from what I hear from everybody, you know, we, we've got to go through all of these legal, not hurdles, but legal processes to prove all of this fraud and all of this nefarious things that happened. So, so, so what are we to believe? Are we to believe that, that three months from now, six months from now, everybody's going to have all this proof? And all this evidence that they cheated, they lied, they had all of the, the mail-in ballots were fraud, all of that stuff. And then, and then what's going to happen so that it's all true and Biden's the president? What are we supposed to – what's supposed to happen then? I was listening to uh, – do you know the name John Hinderocker? He's over at the Powerline blog. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. And he was making um, a point the other day. Um, saying, you know, I'm a pretty experienced trial lawyer, he said, his words. And he is doing this 40 or so years now. He said, you know, you give me a case to try. You give me a team. You give me some financing. And I need about a year and a half. These, that, 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 these things are extremely hard to do in the compressed Obviously, if I'm overstating the obvious, I don't mean to. I just wanted to illustrate how how serious your point is, Chad. These things are well, very oh, hard oh, to oh. do um, at, in this compressed kind of time frame. Um, and I don't even know if by your timeline it works. I don't know if by March or April it well, works. Well, oh, okay. So, and I, and so. I'll say one more thing, and, and don't get mad at me, but let's talk it out. I don't know if it will ever satisfy a court of law what we allege i don't know well so, so so let me ask you this or make this statement so the democrats figured out a way to game the system and cheat with fraud and they know that there's only six week period of time between the vote and the and the certification and there's no way that they're going to get caught or convicted so they win and and america loses is that is that what we're supposed to believe? What's the alternative? There well, is an alternative. I, I, there, well, there's the, that, that not an alternative. Let me say this: there are things that can be done to prevent a catastrophe from becoming a catastrophe. There are things that can be done. So there are interim things. First of all, we've got to keep the Senate. Okay, that that's that's just not even an open debate as far as I'm concerned. 
and then we've got to take the lessons we learned, if that is the way it turns out, Chad, if the, cr- if the cookie crumbles the way you outline it, and fix it. I mean, we have, as a party, had to do this a lot with the Democrats. We didn't know they were going to do X, so we learned how to do Y. It happens with confirmations. It happens with the tricks they played with the filibuster. They invent things that we never contemplated because they're, they seem so outside the realm of reason. And we have to be obviously more imaginative about it, but we've got to respond to it. Uh, the Georgia legislature needs to fix their voting system. Uh, state legislatures, which are majority Republican controlled, need to end unsolicited mail-in, uh, mail-in uh, voting. The, these are just starts. Voter ID. Voter ID needs to be a national policy across all 50 states. I mean, we've got – if it eventuates to where you said, if if the cookie crumbles that way, then – the last thing we can do is be complacent about it so that it happens again. It can't happen again. That that's what well, I, I don't that leads me to my question, what's your alternative? Well, I mean I, I understand I understand what you're saying, but in the meantime in the in the meantime, all of the all of the things that could potentially transpire, I I, I, I I'm so positive I never ever would have thought that that this could have happened in in the in the magnitude that it's happened. Me neither. Trump would have got, Me neither. So, I was so predicting a big votes. Trump win. I was saying Trump's going to win bigger than he did before. Yeah. I told everybody. Yeah. I told everybody. I bragged. It's going it's to be a wipeout. Right. And at, at midnight it was. <laughs> yeah. And so now, and, and and so we've got to go through. I mean, even net neutrality, the the the, the Iran deal, the all of this other stuff. How much can the Senate stop? You know, if we win the Senate, I mean, how much? You know, well, well, you save you save you save the judiciary for one. You save the judiciary, um, which I think is increasingly important and never more so than now. I, I think I think that's a big one, um, and I and they can stop every piece of legislation that is absurd. That Joe, they can they can stop a tax increase. They can stop a Green New Deal. They cannot ratify uh, international treaties. They don't, you know, Senate, the Senate has to ratify treaties. Uh, they cannot ratify it. What worries me, and this will make you uh, more angry probably, but what worries me is that I think, <laughs> I think Joe Biden is, if elected or if uh, sworn in, um, I think will um, we'll exercise a lot of executive order power. Which takes me back to saving the Senate because the judiciary is what stops executive orders. Remember the judges who tried to stop Donald Trump's executive orders? That's where they go. It's an executive order that then is found to be either constitutional or unconstitutional. That's why I, you know, I have a five word answer for you Senate, 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 Senate. Well, okay. Trump got us out of the JCPOA with an executive order. He got us out of the Paris Climate Accord. With yeah, because they were never order. ratified. They were never ratified by the Senate. Right. You know, correct. You're correct. You're correct. And so, and so, mashed potato face is going to say he's going to do the reset. Yeah. Big, bigger, bigger than ever. Yep. You know, it's 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 scary. What you know, with with all of the people that they want to they want to get into the cabinet. I agree. Administration. I agree. I agree. This is a left-wing party. I don't agree that there is a fight in the Democratic Party. I think people 
have fun with that and play games and columns with, oh, the division in the party is starting to show itself. I don't think that AOC believes anything much different than John Kerry, to be honest with you. I don't think I, I just don't. Uh, or if there is, it's 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 a matter of one of of one percent at most, and maybe a matter of rhetoric, but not a matter of belief and policy. I, so I don't disagree with any of that, Chad. I just I, I I think we have to fix it so it never happens again. I think we have to save the Senate, save the judiciary. I think we have to um, send a signal in two years that takes over the House again. Think about what that meant to Bill Clinton, the Gingrich Revolution. Think about uh, – take your memory back to 94, 95, 96. Do you remember how conservative, quote unquote, his presidency became after that? It did. There was a lot of positive well, yeah, tax and economic reform in our direction, including welfare reform, as a result of the message this country sent in 1994 to his election in 1992. Well, you're, you're right, but it's a different Democrat yeah, agreed, party now. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Totally, you're right. But and, and, but and, and we what, do it where we can, right? We put the blocks in where we can. And, and one other thing that I've been wanting to ask you forever is, you got to tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but I can't stand when people refer to the Democrat Party as the Democratic Party. They're not. It, it, isn't that a, a wrong use of the term? That's I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I go through this with a question about it every, I don't know, m- couple of months. The reason I say Democratic, and if you want me to change, you tell me, uh, you know, because yeah. I, 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 I don't have any great fealty to it. It's really twofold. One, I believe in calling people what they call themselves, especially if you're in the recruitment business. And if you want to win people over from that party to our side, I've always thought not insulting them was a good way and calling them what they call themselves as well. That's what they call themselves. They call themselves the Democratic Party. If it's some big violation that you guys think just I shouldn't do, I'm open to it. I've, I've just I've just always called people what they call themselves. I've, you know, I've called Islamists Islamists. I've called, uh, you know, racists racists. I've called Marxists Marxists. That's why I call the BLM movement a Marxist movement. The founders told us they're Marxists. That's what it is not a. It's 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 a compliment to call people who what they tell you they are. That I, I, I you know I just I don't want people to turn their ears off to me if they are a member of that party. That's all. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Um, 602-508-0960. I'm getting a lot of uh, responses to a uh, caller earlier, or last hour, into last hour. And um, about, uh, you know, third party and about the frustrations of what if fraud is ultimately proven but it's too late or what if it's never proven and it's too late. Um and one emailer says, so your caller is asking, what good does it do if the fraud is found out and Biden is president? We find ourselves with hopefully a GOP Senate that has to stop all the bad stuff and we never get the opportunity to get the good stuff like we were getting with Trump. What good is that? And what shape will our country be in by the tr- time Trump gets to run again in 2024? I understand the point. I do. I, I well understand the point. I 
have given you my solutions and they're not perfect and they don't give us what we wanted. I know that. So give me the alternative. I just don't have a better alternative. I, I gave you five things. And beyond that, I, I don't know what the alternative is. Bob is in Phoenix. Hi, Bob. Hi, Seth. Um, I just I, I voted for Trump. I like Trump. I'm still holding out hope. Um, but the one disappointment that I have with him, he really wasn't a conservative when it comes to spending in the budget. That's true. And I think that's a big, that's true. big, big it's deal. True. It's true. So, it's true. Um, and we've said I, that, by I, the way, about every Republican president since I've been alive. I agree. In, including Ronald Reagan. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's um, true. So it's, with, it, it is true. It is true. Yeah. So what was wrong with the te- – I still like Trump. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's uh, true. <laughs> it, that, there's there's uh, no arguing so that No, there's a little n- bit. There is no arguing reality. that point. <laughs> yep. well, what about the Tea Party? What happened with them? I, I don't I kinda know. Lost, I, I don't. I, I liked them. I thought they were on the right path, but – I don't know. It's an interesting. Off the table. Yeah, well, it's an interesting question. Sometimes, unfortunately, movements with good intentions um, become splintered over personalities. Sometimes they become profit organizations, even in the name of being a nonprofit. Um, and my memory is that there was some of both of those things going on. Not everywhere. Not all of them. You know, they were kind of local. Localized yeah. uh, in more than states, you know, in cities and municipalities and precincts, even kind of a grassroots. Yeah, very grassroots. Um, they um, they helped us, no doubt, win back in twenty ten in the elections of twenty ten. Maybe maybe they served their purpose. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I asked. <coughs> excuse me, Bob. I asked the question. Because when you think of the Tea Party, what did it stand for to you? That, the, the, and the reason I ask that is I think it highlights a real problem. I think there's a hundred different answers, but I'd, I'd be curious in yours. Uh, I think small government and a balanced budget or, you know, at least to pay attention to the, the spending. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm – I think that's conservative. By the way, I did listen to William Buckley. You mentioned something before Thanksgiving. Yes. That was awesome. That which was one was great... it? The, the, was it the, uh, the debate uh, the, the, yes. in Cambridge? Yes. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's something to see. I mean, as I said, I'm not uh, sure he was on the right was. side, but it was something – it was a feat, of, a feat of nature, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, very entertaining, and I forgot how good he was. Yeah, I know, right? That was that was the reason I wanted to celebrate him, is we forget how good good really was. We point to these people, and we think we remember, but boy, we, we, we kind of define it down over the years by other experiences. So the interesting thing about Tea Party is, you're right, it was about fiscal responsibility, but remember that the reason it was called the Tea Party was tea was an acronym for taxed enough already. So it really was right. – really, in a sense, it was more tax, more on the tax issue than spend issue, at least in the national sense. So I think – but I think the larger problem might have been there are a 100 different answers as to what it stood for. Um, it was an important movement and did good work. Um, and no doubt some of, some of it still exists in certain places. I still get you know invites and messages from Tea Party um, organizations in Arizona. But as a national force – um, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just it's just it it's not there. It's not there, and maybe it didn't need to be. Um, with with the Trump revolution, maybe it didn't need to be. Yeah. Maybe it was subsumed by his candidacy in a sense. My memory is it was think, a little quiet Trump before would, that, though. 
do you, do you think Trump would focus on the budget if he somehow pulls this off? I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you this, and, and, and I'll get scolded for this. Um, I don't know. Not by me. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, I think by you, and, and you'd be right to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be wrong, okay, and you're going to be right, okay? Here, here, here it is. Um, the budget is extremely important, and we go through fits and starts of really focusing on it and talking about it and warning about it, um, the deficit particularly and the debt. But I've never really known it to be much of a campaign issue that rallies Republicans to march a hill. Yeah. I haven't heard a Republican campaign on it really strongly in a way that – and I think it's in part because it's so amorphous. It doesn't touch people where they live. It, it's not their bread and butter issues. It's not their it's, – it, 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 it has to force you to accept a, 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 um, an economic – set of circumstances with numbers that no one can quite contemplate. $20 trillion, what does that mean? No one knows what that is. Uh, they know it's bad. They know it's big. And how do I tell the out-of-work energy sector employee or auto employee or you name it, roofer, how do I tell him that what he needs to worry about is that we're spending too much in Washington? It's a hard thing to campaign on. It just seems to me it is. So how do we get it? We, it's, it's an, it? we have to accept it as an intellectual issue and take it on. And it's really hard. It's really hard. But the chickens will come home to roost. Uh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, 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 and we've been saying it for a long time, and there is no doubt, and it won't be better anytime soon. It won't be better anytime soon. No. So no. The, 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 the thing every senator and congressman says to the constituent who walks into their office and asks for a funding request or a funding of a program, he or she responds with, okay, and where do you want me to cut? Where do you want me to cut? And it turns out it's getting increasingly difficult because discretionary spending is becoming um, increasingly uh, marginal. Right. Everything is right. becoming uh, uh, forced automatic uh, entitled entitled spending. So until you can address entitlements, it's really hard for Republicans to do that, too, by the way. That was what the yeah. modern conservative party movement in the 60s was about. TVA, Social Security, right? That's Go back and, and read your Goldwater speeches of 64. You're in the habit of doing those things, I guess, with me, Bob, <laughs> yeah, right? right? That's what <laughs> they were talking <laughs> about. And then Ronald Reagan learned something in 1976. He said, I can go after the Great Society. I can't go after the New Deal. Yeah, It's a really well, hard thing. Thanks for listening to me. I God bless you, sir. I loved your call. Thank okay. you. Uh, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Rob, in surprise, how are you, sir? Hi, Seth. Well, the temperature's dropping. Um, I'm out here, it's like 64 degrees in surprise, and, well, my uh, pool temperature's below 60 right now. So, so you're throwing your dogs dry. in there, no doubt. No, no, they're they're afraid of the water. They don't even want to go in. Isn't that funny? Um, I, I was very intrigued by Mike. Uh, 
comments. Yeah, a lot of people were. Go ahead with that. What's yeah. your thought? Let, um, <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's I, like what I, Bob I, Newhart I, used to say. Remember in his group counseling session, why don't you go with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think I will. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. I, think I, I think I and probably many people who listen to the show and many conservatives throughout America understand and respect his disillusionment with the Republican Party. Um, I, I sort of beg to differ in terms of creating a new party uh, from Donald Trump because, you know, I, I go back to the idea of the rule of man versus the rule of law. And if somebody wants to create a party based on Donald Trump, you know, we're, we're kind of going reverting back into, interesting. you know, the sort of third world uh, rule of man Prin- versus rule of law. Personalities over principles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I think instead, you know, it's, it's sort of like Islam, where Republicans maybe need to do a reformation, um, get a clean slate, get some fresh blood in. Some of the younger folks like, I don't know, Dan Crenshaw, you know, Candace Owens, Brandon Straka, Charlie Kirk, a lot of folks like that who are much younger than me, obviously. Um, and, and they need to stand for uh, principles. And the ideas of the Republican Party involving limited government, um, you know, lower taxes, following the Constitution, secure borders, you know, cutting spending. And, you know, we'd already talked about that because that's kind of the tough stuff. Um, strong national defense. And, and then hold the existing Republicans who are in office accountable. Well, I, I agree uh, with I agree with that uh, all of that, and I think when, when it was Mike, right, Mike, who was the caller on this point. Yeah, yeah. My, my, when you know, I, I I wasn't saying I'm ready for a third party. I said I think it's pre. If I didn't say I meant to say it, I, I'm open to it. I, I I think it's premature. You don't yeah. change big and long-standing things overnight. Um, mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan was faced with this in one of his most uh, famous speeches in 1975 at CPAC. He said, is it a third party we need or is it a new and revitalized second party raising the banner of no pal pastels but bold colors? Right. Yeah. Um, I'll go with that. You know, you don't want to take a party of Lincoln and Coolidge and Reagan and, yes, Trump. And end it overnight, prematurely, right. right? Right at the moment where I think I'm right that he changed a lot of the party. He did, he did. a lot of these yeah. new crop of congressmen and women. Um, yep. Certainly, he moved a lot of senators already, and uh, and House members already Republicans elected before he was. He he moved a yep. lot of them because he made he showed them that the people want what he wants, not what the establishment wants. I, right. I, I, th- I think he 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 did a lot of educating. And as I said, that's why I like that 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 quote of Aristotle's power is the ability to be and make things be. He made things be in this yeah. party. And um, so but 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 the party is it would also be fair to say in large parts, the party is a house divided. Now, the interesting thing about that is when Trump was running in 2016, it was the never-Trumpers who were saying, it's time to end the Republican Party. The Republican Party is dead. It was George W. Bush who said, I may have been the last Republican president. That's what's kind of interesting to me. The minute they didn't get their 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 viewpoints, they wanted to destroy the party. Now, the party doesn't mean much to me. The country means something to me, which is why I'm agnostic on it if it can be done. 
But your point is a well-taken point. It has to be about not Trump, but Trumpism, and we have to define what that is. And it certainly starts with sovereignty and nationalism over globalism, as one of the other callers named Michael said. I think that's right. And everything else you you laid out in your in your litany. No, I agree, Seth, and I think we're on the same page. I think we are. I I don't I don't really I don't really care. I do caution. I do caution, though. And Arizona is a great cautionary tale. Oh, we, had, yeah. we had a third party, and it took 50,000 votes, and it was called the Libertarian Party. And, yep. you know, uh, that meant the difference between, well, 50,000 is more than 10,000. I'll just leave it at that. I agree. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Let me put in a word for Balance of Nature, my favorite product. I take it every single day, all organic. Fruits and veggies picked at the peak of ripeness and third-party tested for all kinds of impurities, pesticides, you name it. And you get oranges and pineapple and papaya, spinach, zucchini, garlic, kale, cayenne pepper. It boosts your immunity. It improves your energy, your health. It's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. I've been taking it for over a year. Haven't been sick once, and that's rare. I usually get sick about four times a year. Right now, they have a great deal offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. We lost two giants this week. Two giants. Bruce Hershenson, maybe a little, who is a um, conservative commentator, writer, scholar based in Southern California, nearly took out Barbara Boxer in 1992. Got something like a, a million more votes in 92 running for Senate in California as a real conservative than George Herbert Walker Bush got in California in 1992. Real conservative. Remember a speech he gave. um, was talking about wanting to abolish the Department of Education. And someone in the audience shouted something very negative at him. And he said, well, let me ask you a question. He's a very calm, demeanored man. Let me ask you a question. It's 1992. The department was created in 1979. Has education gotten better in America since 79 or gotten worse? Silence. Very clear thinking man. And we'll play his uh, Prager video. Not now, but one of the, maybe tomorrow. We're going to do a tribute to him tomorrow. Just a, just a good human being and a good man. I was privileged to know him a little bit. Then we lost another giant. Um... Last night, someone I did not know, never met, I don't think. And that was a name a lot of you may know and may not have known died, and that was Walter Williams, the great economist from George Mason University. Also a radio talk show host, also a syndicated columnist. Steve Hayward writes that Walter Williams died at age 84. 
after teaching a course, his last course, as I understand it, taught a course, his final course on Tuesday, died on, died this morning, or Monday and then Tuesday, as I understand it. Where to begin describing this wonderful man and teacher? I came first across his early book, The State Against the Blacks. He was a black man when it came out in the early 1980s. This and many other works over the years made the compelling case that, as Williams himself put it, the welfare state has done to black Americans what slavery couldn't do. Among the many great pieces about Walter I could point out, I would recommend Jason Riley's Wall Street Journal column about him from 2011. Um, Steve Hayward writes something that I knew about Walter. Yeah, this is true. He said, if Walter had any flaw, it was his strong libertarianism that led him to have too much sympathy with the cause of secession and by extension to Southern secession in 1860, which in turn led to a dislike of Lincoln. This view is not unique among certain libertarians. We argued vigorously over the issue. He neither gave ground, nor was he anything less than cheerful and patient, making him a delight to argue with. No wonder his students and colleagues loved him. He did something um, really interesting, Walter Williams did. I mean, he did a lot of things interesting. His columns were brilliant. It's always worth listening to. He made economics, like Milton Friedman did and like Tom Sowell did, um, apprehensible and understandable. And then he did something which would have been interesting if it was tried this year. But he did it about uh, 15 years ago. 15 years ago. He, he, he proclaimed a pardon for European Americans. <laughs> he proclaimed this black man, professor, proclaimed a pardon for European Americans. It's not that long. You want me to read it? Whereas Europeans kept my forebears in bondage some three centuries, toiling without pay, Americans of European ancestry are guilty of great crimes against my ancestors and their progeny. But in the recognition, Europeans themselves have been victims of various and sundry human rights violations, to wit the Norman Conquest, the Irish Famine, the decline of the Habsburg Dynasty, Napoleonic and Tsarist adventurism, and gratuitous insults and speculations about the intelligence of Europeans of Polish descent. I, Walter E. Williams, do declare full and general amnesty and pardon to all persons of European ancestry for both their own grievances and those of their forebears against my people. Therefore, from this day forward, Americans of European ancestry can stand straight and proud, knowing they are without guilt and thus obliged not to act like damn fools in their relationships with Americans of African ancestry. <laughs> we could use a little more of that right now. Can I do that last line? From this day forward, Americans of European ancestry can stand straight and proud, knowing they are without guilt and thus obliged not to act like damn fools in their relationships with Americans of African ancestry. Rest in peace, Walter Williams. Rest in peace, Bruce Hershenson. I'm not even going to say what I know a lot of people are thinking about the rule of these things. Let that be the end of this miserable year. Let that be the end of it. And thank you for your teachings and scholarships. Here, too, 
Things honorable touch the soul. Give you a little Barry Goldwater you haven't heard in a long time when we come back. Be right back. What a great show today! What a great show today! Thank you all very much. Uh, this hour was brought to you by James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference. He can also make you a guaranteed offer right up front within 24 hours if that's easier for you. I know James well, and I know people who have used him, and they love him as much as I do. He has a great database and great proprietary and state-of-the-art marketing technologies. That's why he's the number one selling individual agent in Arizona. Give him a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler.com. A lot of people know Goldwater's speech from 1964 at the GOP convention. I thought it might be useful just today to have what he said at the 1960 Republican convention when there was an effort to nominate him, particularly from South Carolina and Arizona, and he released his delegates to vote for Nixon. Here's Goldwater in 60. We've had our chance. We've fought our battles. Now let's put our shoulders to the wheel of Dick Nixon and push him across the line. Let's not flag back. This country is too important for anyone's feelings. This country and its majesty is too great for any man, be he conservative or liberal, to stay home and not work just because he doesn't agree. Let's grow up, conservatives. Let's, if we want to take this party back, and I think we can someday, let's get to work. Took a few years, but they did. And we did. It's a good message. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, class dismissed.